Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Shop with Dylan McGlynn. I'm your host, Dylan McGlynn. We have another really awesome guest for you this week, so let's go ahead and dive in and talk some shop. My guest this week is Joe Saunders. Joe is a comedy writer currently working on the Hulu series Solar Opposites, which was co-created by Justin Roiland, famous for his work with Rick and Morty. In addition, he's also written for several movie and TV award shows, including the 67th Emmy Awards, hosted by Andy Samberg, and he also was a writer on the sketch comedy series Comedy Bang Bang for several years. Hey, Dylan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, well, uh, thanks for doing this. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, so uh, to start, I kind of wanted to ask how you, you got into uh, writing. Like, was it always something you knew you wanted to do, or was there ever like a specific moment that kind of drove you down that path? Well, I always knew I wanted to work in like movies and television. And I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, which uh, back when I was now is like kind of a big hub for that kind of stuff. Like they shoot like the Marvel movies there and Tyler Perry has a big studio and they do The Walking Dead. <clears throat> but when I was a kid, there was like no production there. There was maybe like TBS. Um, so I didn't know anyone in the movie industry growing up, but I just loved like, I was like a big film nerd and I loved comedy. I was a huge like Simpsons and Seinfeld and Conan O'Brien fan. That's kind of like my generation of stuff. And I just knew I wanted to work in that business and I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, and then I went to college, I went to the University of North Carolina. So I was still like in the South. And then that kind of led me a little bit more to like try write. I wasn't a writing major at Carolina, but I did a little bit of writing there and I, I really enjoyed doing it. And I thought it's a little bit, <laughs> it felt like in a weird way, the barrier to becoming a writer was like lower than other things. Like to become a director is really hard. You have to convince like, a thousand people to listen to you. And for a writer, you can just like write a script and I don't know, see what happens. And I was like, oh, I can, maybe that's like kind of what I can do. And also lets me like kind of be creative in all the ways I want to. So I think it was around then that I like started writing a lot. And then really once I moved to LA and got my first, you know, I, I moved to LA like pretty much right after college. And I moved to LA and I got my first like production assistant job. And that was when I saw what a TV writer's room uh, is. And a TV writer's room, um, if you're not familiar, is basically like how they write it. Most TV, every TV show is written in, in a writer's room, which is basically a group of like anywhere from four to 20 people sitting in a conference room, usually around a big conference table, and just talking about like stories or characters or jokes or anything like that, like all day long. And it's just like, I saw that and I was like, oh, this seems like the funnest job imaginable. You just like sit around and like brainstorm stuff and like try to make each other laugh and laugh at other people's stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely what I want to be. And that was when I kind of like, and I was like 22, I guess at the time when I first got that job. And I, I liked writing. I was like, oh, I definitely want to be a, a TV comedy writer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was, I, I didn't always, I don't think I always like thought in my head, I, do I want to be a writer? But it was kind of a slow process of like, I've always enjoyed writing. And then as I kind of like, got a better understanding of what like that job entailed. I was like, yeah, this, this is what I love doing and what I want to really like kind of focus my, try to make a career out of doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you mentioned like your first uh, PA job. 
I wanted to ask too, like how you, how you got that? Like, how'd you get that first job and kind of like get over the hump? Cause sometimes I feel like that's like the hardest thing for people. Yeah, that was, um, so my first PA job <clears throat> was on the Simpsons on the Simpsons movie actually. Uh, and the way I got that, well, well, I moved to LA and I had like no, I knew nobody in the, I still knew nobody in the movie industry, but, um, my college was able to have like an internship program where they got you like a summer in, they got, uh, communications graduates, which is what they kind of classified like film and video majors as they helped them get kind of like Hollywood internships over the summer after they graduated. And I did that program and I ended up at like a production company and just like, I did nothing. I just sat in like, I read scripts and wrote coverage, which is where you write like a summary of what a script is like. So a producer doesn't have to read the whole script. <laughs> and then you say whether the script is good or bad. Uh, I just did that all day. And it was like, I kind of like got it my first idea, but then that job led to me getting like, you know, really the other assistants there, the, oh, I was an intern. I wasn't getting paid anything, but there were like assistants there. There were maybe like, I was like 22 and assist the assistants were maybe like 25 and they were kind of the first, like, I don't know. That was like the beginning. This I hate saying like networking <laughs> or like, you know, contacts, but that was, those were like the first people I knew that were like working and were kind of like my age and they were super nice and like helped me get like, like sent my resume around and I got a job at a talent, you know, I sent my resume to a talent, a temp agency and uh, the temp agency sent me to a talent agency, which is where like agents work, you know, and I didn't want to be an agent, but like it was a good steady job and like a 40 hour a week job. I had to just answer this guy's phones. But anyway, I was working there for a little while. I was miserable there because that job was very like the worst part of Hollywood, <laughs> uh, at least for someone like me. Um, but the girl, I became friends with the girl who said, in the cubicle next to me. This is a long story. I don't know if Dylan, Dylan, I don't know if this is even interesting to you. But no, it is. I'll keep going. The girl who sat at the cubicle next to me, who I became friends with, her roommate was working on, was a PA on The Simpsons. And she knew I was miserable and wanted to like find another job. And she was like, they're hiring if you want to like send your resume. And I was like, I love The Simpsons. And I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. And I sent my resume in and they had an, I went in and had an interview and I got the job. And then I worked on the movie for a little bit. And then I worked on the TV show for several years after that um, because it was pretty much like the same office and like same staff. And that was, that was it. And so, I don't know, it's always like tough. I, and then, you know, subsequently in Hollywood, like pretty much every job I've gotten has been through some kind of like personal connection like that, which is tough, you know, when you're first breaking in and also tough to like, you know, find certain jobs, but has been like crucial. And that was kind of just this weird way that that unfolded where I like became like friends with this one assistant and then I got another job and like, made a friend there and then their roommate was working on the Simpsons and that got me like my first like PA thing. And that was when I first saw like a writer's room, a Simpsons writer's room, which was like the most intimidating room of all. Uh, now I'm not intimidated by those guys. <laughs> the time I was. Yeah, I feel like that could definitely be intimidating because especially with like animated comedies, the Simpsons is like bar none. Oh yeah, it was huge. It was huge in my like, it was huge in my psyche just to be there and like, see these people whose like names, like I kind of knew from like flashing on the screen briefly and being like, Oh my God, Mike Scully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And I, I'm glad we, we talked about the movie a bit because I'm kind of dating myself as, as pretty young here, but that was like really the first Simpsons that I ever saw. That's crazy. That yeah. blows my mind. Wow. But I, yeah, okay. I was, what year did the movie come out again? I can't remember. Two, that would have been 2007. 
Yeah. So I was eight years old when the movie came out. Oh, man. And I went to my cousin's house, and he was also eight. And he, like, brought me to his room, and he's like, you got to check out this movie I got. And it was a Simpsons movie. So we put it in. We're watching it. I was a huge Green Day fan. So, like, right from the beginning, I heard Green Day, and I was like, no way Green Day has a song. And then Bart is on his, a skateboard, and his, his penis comes out. And I was like, yeah. what? This is the funniest thing ever. Like, blah, blah, blah. It blew my mind. I thought it was amazing. That's so funny. I mean, it's just, like, that's awesome. Uh, it's so funny because, like, when I, I was, what, like, so I'm, so I was 22 then. And at the time, like, The Simpsons was, like, kind of, like, on its way out, like, and from the point of view of me and my friends, like the Simpsons was like on its way out. Like I had been into the Simpsons like super hard when I was, when I'd been your age then, like 10, 10 or so. Uh, and then I'd kind of like grown out of it and thought it wasn't good anymore. But then I was like, the movie, the movie made is cool again. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's very Yeah. Cool. At my age, yeah, it was like Family Guy was like the cool one. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so... I wanted to ask about uh, the Emmys too, because I know you wrote for the Emmy Awards in 2015. Yes. So how did how did that come about? How did you end up doing that? So that that was the Emmy Awards where Andy Samberg was the host, and uh, the Emmy, that was super that was a super fun job. That was like my first award show I ever worked on. I haven't worked on a bunch of award shows, but I was writing on this show called Comedy Bang Bang that was on IFC, and. Basically, Andy uh, Samberg got hired to host the Emmy Awards, and then he approached Scott Ackerman, who's the host of Comedy Bang Bang, uh, who he'd worked with before, and was like, asked if Scott would want to be the head writer of the Emmys. And Scott said yes, but he wanted to, he was like, I want to hire my Comedy Bang Bang writing staff. So, and the writing staff on Comedy Bang Bang was like, how many of the, there was maybe like six of us or something like that. And so just one day, like Scott at work was like, you know, I think we were, in, we were ending one season of Comedy Bang Bang, but we knew we were going to start up a new one in a few months. And so when Scott, uh, you know, invited us, you know, asked us if we wanted to come back for the next season, he was like, so if you come back for the next season, it's actually going to be two jobs. We're going to work on another season of Comedy Bang Bang, and then we're going to take a break in the middle, and we're going to work on the primetime Emmys for Sandberg. And then we're going to, once that's done, we'll go back to the show. And I was like, that sounds super fun. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that was then. That was it, kind of it. And the staff was just us. It was just the Comedy Bang Bang staff, and we wrote kind of. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, or for people that are familiar with the Bang Bang show, like we just kind of wrote like the same kind of bits we would write for this weird, weird like IFC sketch show we wrote for the Emmys, and it was really fun. And it was really fun to work with Sandberg, who was someone I'd always like thought was hilarious and super cool. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually, yeah, I wanted to ask what it was like yeah working with him because he's obviously super funny and he's done a ton for comedy you know in the past 10 plus yeah years. he he's awesome all three of the lonely island guys i also worked with uh, kiva Schaefer a little bit and they're all like awesome and really like care about comedy and just want to make things that will like make themselves laugh and make their friends laugh that was what andy said when i remember when we started the emmys in the first meeting he was like he goes i just want my like friends to think this is funny <laughs> Uh, and he has like cool comedy friends. So, you know, that was, a, that was a very like fun way to approach this where we weren't kind of like having to make, you know, think about like trying to like write like the broadest comedy possible or something like that. We were, we were writing to his voice. Um, and he was great. And he was in the room with us every day. Like we would have our laptops out and I'll be writing different bits and he would have his laptop out and be writing a bit, which is usually not the case when you have kind of like, uh, celebrity host like you know they'll be like okay you guys go right and i'll leave 
but he was there writing stuff and it's, su it's super funny and super creative and yeah, that was great. That was a great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. And I did, I did want to ask about uh, comedy bang bang too. I know we just talked about it. Um, it's seems like a really unique show. So yeah, I wanted to ask you about your, your experience there and, and just kind of what that was like. I know you mentioned it was similar to what you did with the Emmys, but. Yeah, Bang Bang um, was a super fun show and I've worked and I kind of, that was my first like big writing job. And I got that almost directly from, so in LA, there's this thing called the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is kind of a pop, uh, I was about to say popular, I don't know if it's popular, uh, in like an improv and sketch theater. And I kind of got my start there. I took classes and then I like started doing shows there and really was able to kind of develop as like a comedy writer there over several years. And from doing shows there, that kind of led me directly to getting the bang bang job, which was when, cause I knew the former artistic director at the, the former artistic director of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater became like the head writer of comedy bang bang, uh, my friend Neil. And then Neil was like, when they were hiring someone, Neil was like familiar with my work from, you know, watching me do live comedy for several years and was like, you should submit a packet. And I submitted a packet and I got an interview and I got the job. And it was really fun. That, and that was just like, that was another job where Scott Arkerman was in charge. And I, I, I didn't know Scott before that, but Scott was really just wanted to make like a show that he thought was funny. And Scott has like a really, you know, unique specific sense of humor and, you know, is always wants to just go for the funny idea. If something makes him laugh, we'll do it. He won't like overthink like, will this appeal to people? <laughs> will anyone else think this is funny? Like he just loves going for something weird and specific, which I love doing too. And so that was a great job. I think I worked on the last like three-ish seasons of that. And one of the seasons was like maybe a double season. Um, but that was great. That was just like writing like sketches. We were just like writing sketches every day and we wrote like a ton, we would just write a ton of stuff and then we'd read it all and when like some stuff would get thrown out and we'd kind of like whittle it down and then we kind of build episodes around like the strongest pieces. Believe it or not, if you watch the show, those are the strongest pieces. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really, it was, yeah, it was fun. And, and just like a, like a, a low bud, like the show was like a low budget, like have to shoot things super quickly with like no money. And so we they'd shoot like a ton of stuff in like one day, um, a little like scrappy production. It was, it was a blast though. Yeah. Yeah. It seems awesome. It seems like it seems it's fun to watch. It seems like it would yeah, be a ton of fun to, to work on as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then I know right now, obviously you're writing for solar opposites mm -hmm. uh, on Hulu. How did you end up uh, landing there? Solar is like an interesting, in terms of like how I got that job is one of it's this other thing I kind of like tell people about when they're like, well, how do you get jobs? Solar was like this perfect storm. Well, it's always like challenging to be like a writer and then to like, cause there's so many like professional, there's so many like working TV writers in LA. And so it can be really, it can be hard to get like a job because there's a lot of people getting submitted for things. And like, if somebody has a show and they're hiring writers, they get like a big stack of submissions. And so it can be hard to like, and you know, a good chunk of those submissions can be really good and really funny scripts and like the people are good. And so it's like, well, how do you like break through that? And then it, so it so much comes down to like personal recommendations and things like that. Um, and solar, I thought was, was a really, uh, it kind of came down to a few like crucial recommendations. And one of the big ones was like, I knew <laughs> this, will, this will, this will sound like I didn't need the recommendations, <clears throat> excuse me. 
but I knew the creator, the co-creator, Mike McMahon, me and Mike had worked together like four or five years earlier when we were both, when I was a writer's assistant before I got my first staff job and he was the writer's assistant on Rick and Morty. We met and like briefly worked together for like a week, but just like hit it off. And like, I liked him and we had a lot of things in common and he was really funny. And like, he, I remember he gave me like a bunch of like comic books on like a flash drive because <laughs> we talked about how we both like comic books. Uh, and then Mike, I knew like I had gotten hired on Bang Bang and Mike had gotten hired on Rick and Morty. And I knew Mike was like, you know, doing awesome at Rick and Morty and became like the head writer over there. And then was creating this new show with uh, Justin Roiland. And then I just kind of got, I knew they were staffing up for that show. We, you know, they say like when they're like uh, hiring writers for it, they call it staffing up. Uh, they were hiring writers for that show. And another friend of mine was like, I think you should work for, I think you'd be good on this new uh, Justin Roiland, Mike McMahon show. I'm going to tell, I'm going to suggest Mike to, you know, suggest Mike to you, suggest you to Mike. And Mike remembered me and Mike was like, oh, I like Joe. I remember him. And then that kind of got me like a meet, a, you know, a meeting. I got to go in there for an interview with Mike and the other uh, executive producer uh, besides Justin Roiland, who is Josh Bicell. Um, and the meeting went well and I got hired, but it was like a funny thing where I was like, oh, this person I'd met like years before, like at a kind of, you know, when we were at like different earlier stages of our careers, like it then like came around and was like very helpful. <laughs> and then like, if I hadn't met, if Mike didn't already know me, I don't know if I would have like been able to get that job just because like he kind of knew I already had like the sensibility of the show and like liked sci-fi and movies and, you know, weird like comedy like that. And I don't know. It was, it was kind of this nice thing where like a bunch of things fell into place all at, all, all at the same time. And that was, yeah. And that was for season one of Solar Opposites. And we just finished season three, which will be out. We just finished writing season three, which will be out next year on Hulu. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's funny because I always hear that like Hollywood and, and LA and everything, the industry is kind of smaller than you'd think. And yeah. one thing that reminds me of that is, I know you mentioned Josh Bicell and he is a name I recognize because I'm a huge, huge American Dad fan and he used to write for that show. Yeah. And it's funny because I'll look, like when I look at the credits for, you know, Solar Opposites or another show, I'll see a bunch of names that I recognize. Like, oh, I know that guy. Like, I've heard of that guy. I've heard of that guy. And it's just weird because it seems like, yeah, everybody, everybody gets around in LA. It is really funny. And a guy like Bicel, Bicel is so funny and is so smart and is such a, is such a great boss. Bicel has worked on everything. Like Bicel worked on The Onion. He was, went to the, the University of Wisconsin, created the, co-created The Onion and then has like worked on all kinds of things. It is like really funny. It is in a, it's not like a super small world, but like, I don't know. I know a lot of people like working on different shows and like you can, it's, it's, it's kind of surprising like how big your net becomes like pretty quickly in terms of like, oh, I know someone on this show and I know someone on that show or I met this person. And, you know, all of my friends that I hang out with are comedy writers, which is maybe pathetic. <laughs> But uh, just like, that's just how it's like worked out over the years. And so that kind of becomes like a thing. And like, we all like know other comedy writers that work on other things. We all talk about each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is, so it does feel like, uh, it does feel like really, really small sometimes. Um, kind of smaller than you think, but also like, I'd never, besides Mike, I knew none of the other writers on Solar Opposites when I first got hired which was like daunting, but also like really cool to get to like meet new people and have like work with people that had like worked on like different kinds of shows than I had ever worked on before. I always love it when I like get to work with like people that have like totally different backgrounds than me that like I worked on a thing for Cartoon Network a few years ago where the, it was me and another writer 
and she had worked on like a bunch of CBS procedurals. Like she'd worked on Without a Trace and like her the list of procedurals, it was like every like show your parents watch. <laughs> Uh, and she just had, and that's a world, that's a world that's like totally separate from mine, but she had like all these stories about that and had like all these like good, like ways to approach, like writing those kind of stories and doing characters and stuff like that. And so that's like fun. And then you, I don't know. So you, you get to have like, sometimes it's really small, but then other times, like you realize like there's huge parts you don't even know about. And yeah. Awesome. So I how, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> so how like, how daunting like can that be? I mean, you mentioned you didn't really know anybody on Solar Opposites when you first started. So is it like nerve wracking to pitch like your first joke or your first idea in a room full of, you know, strangers basically? Yeah, it's always daunting. I, that, I've never really lost that. I've gotten, a, I've gotten more confident over the years, but like, I, I feel like you never totally lose that because it can feel very like vulnerable to like try to make a group of people laugh. And, especially, and if they don't laugh, you feel horrible. Um, but I think like everyone's like kind of like in the same boat and everyone like feels that and that's just like a feeling that doesn't like go away and you kind of like you kind of learn over the over time to like trust your own instincts about like something that's funny and if you think something's funny like a lot of times like I'll pitch stuff in a room to people and if it doesn't get a laugh like I don't feel bad about it because I'm like I still think that was funny and good <laughs> and we should have everyone should have laughed um so I, 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 I kind of, I think a thing you learn over time is like to kind of like trust your own instincts about that stuff. And so that you pitch stuff that you like and believe in. Um, and then even, and then even then, if it doesn't get a great reaction, you still like feel like you're like, okay, well, whatever. Also that's like part of the job, just like to pitch ideas and not to get people not to laugh. I mean, you ever, you gotta have bad ideas before you get to the good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good point. Um, I remember when I was a writer's assistant, when I would be like, and a PA like, and I'd be in the Simpsons room and I think I'd like tried pitching a joke there once and I pitched it and I was like, oh my God, this is the scariest thing I've ever done. I'm trying to make these like Harvard guys laugh. And I pitched something and it got like, there was like no reaction, silence. And I was like, I felt so bad. <laughs> Uh, and then, but then I didn't die or anything. So I don't know, <laughs> the worst can, that's the worst that can happen. You just move on. Yeah, yeah. So then kind of with Solar Opposites, what's kind of like the, the writing process behind that show? Like how does an episode typically end up like getting written? Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, so we're doing kind of three, three seasons now. And, you know, Mike, uh, the co-creator, Mike McMahon, Mike has like such a great like sense of like what a solar, it's kind of hard to define. And it's solar opposites is like an animated show on Hulu. Like, but like we do like think about like what is a solar opposites episode when we're like sitting down as writers to like figure that out. And Mike has like such like a great instinct for that where we can like pitch a bunch of wacky sci-fi ideas or ideas about like aliens, like living on earth and like misunderstanding earth things. We can like pitch a bunch of those, but then there's like, and they can be funny, but like there's always like an extra like turn to it or something else weird or something like an unexpected detail to it. That's like, that's a solar opposites episode. Okay. This is like a full, this is something that we can do 22 minutes on that can take like some turns to it and be funny and interesting and just like have like some <laughs> disturbing moments. And 
so it's a lot of like it's a lot of like talking we kind of just like brainstorm we kind of but i think i'm trying to think i think each season we've started off just like brainstorming stuff like brainstorming big ideas. we maybe have like a few kernels of an idea i'm trying to think of something from like season two which just came out like how that started um i don't know like in season two there's an episode where uh, if you're familiar with the show, one of the aliens like learns about, it sounds so stupid, <laughs> learns about big dick energy. <laughs> like he doesn't have, con he basically doesn't, he's wondering like why people don't like take him seriously or like why he doesn't have confidence. And then he hears about big dick energy and he's like, I need big dick energy. And he thinks it means literally like having like, he needs to like sci-fi create himself like a giant penis and walk around. And I think like, so I don't remember exactly how that started, but I feel like in the in the pitch, it, when we were just like brainstorming stuff, someone like said that someone said we should be like, Yummy like should get big dick energy. Yummy like needs like big dick energy, and then like that made everyone laugh. And then we were like, Well, what if he really like thought about that? <laughs> what if, like in his alien brain, he's like big dick energy is a tangible thing that I can create in a lab, and like that made everyone laugh. And then like kind of the story then like takes like we start like building off that and. So when you, I feel like it almost like always starts with just like brainstorming stuff and then landing on kind of like a little kernel of something that makes everyone laugh and then building off that and figuring out like, okay, well we can do like a couple acts of this, like that are one way and then it takes like a big drastic turn, things go wrong, how's that funny? Um, Solar Opposites is really, is really a show that's driven by like, just trying to like be super funny all the time. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> it doesn't have to have like the strong, it doesn't have to have like the strongest like emotional theme. Uh, it, they do, all the episodes do have that, but like, I think always like just trying to make the audience laugh and have fun and like be like an enjoyable to watch show. That's like, you know, whatever. Um, that, that that's kind of how we always approach. And then like as the season, as we kind of like our brainstorming goes on, we'll kind of create like a list I'm going on a long time, but like we'll create a list of like 10 of those ideas. We'll be like, okay, well, we got like this one where like he gets big dick energy and like this other one where like they build a man cave and it like they build a robot. And once that gets, once that gets kind of in and Mike, Mike kind of is like, oh, this one, like his favorite ones, like then those are the ones we'll really start like zeroing in as like episodes and trying to build out as like individual stories. and. And that's like a season. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, and then, so when it comes to like actually hashing out like the scripts and everything, is it kind of traditional in the sense like, cause at least with the writers I've talked to, you know, they say with American dad and family guy and stuff, like they'll flesh out the idea, like the basic three act structure and everything. And then they'll, you know, give it to one writer to go home and write it. Is that kind of how you guys do it? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it works. Where we, as a group, we go through everything together and then we kind of figure out a pretty detailed structure of it. That's like pretty much we uh, figure out all the scene, like like a list of all the scenes in the episode altogether. And then one writer will then take, that'll be like a pretty rough document that's just like kind of notes. And then a, one writer will take that and go off and write like a really detailed like outline that like we can then send to like Hulu or the studio and then they can read it and like, that document will give them like a very clear idea of what an episode will be like and like the storyline and the character arcs and a lot of the joke, like we try to put like a lot of jokes in there. So you see why it's funny um, and all kinds of that. And then, and then that same writer will then later go off and write like the first draft of the script just to kind of get like the writer, get a writer's draft of the script done. And then, and then it'll get revised by like our executive producers on like the room, the everyone else on the staff will like pitch on it and stuff and pitch jokes. Um, so when you get like a script 
to, to, to basically to take home and work on. Do you have like any specific process for writing? Hmm. Uh, good question. I mean, uh, do you mean like on solar opposites or? Uh, yeah, or just, you know, in general. I don't know. I mean, I, I like any writer, I'm a big, pro I procrastinate a lot and I push things off to the last minute. Um, but I, I, I think I am like pretty good. I think that I did learn uh, early on was I, I, I got pretty good about like being able to like sit in my computer and just like write something, even if it was going to be bad. And most of the time it is bad, but you got to like force your way through that. And even with like doing stuff on solar, which is like a show I feel like really comfortable on and like know the tone of, like if you're just like working on jokes or stuff, like getting comfortable to be like, if you're, especially if you're by yourself, when you're with a group of people, it's a little different because you can like riff and instantly know if something's funny, but just like knowing like, okay, I'll just write like a bunch of like bad jokes for the episode and just like start getting stuff on paper or start typing stuff on a document. And then like, if I can just like kind of get that stuff out and then I can go back through it and be like, okay, this is bad, this is bad, but this is okay. And then kind of just like start edit the whole process of editing and revising and tweaking and all that. Um, I guess that's my process. My process is I always like try to like get like some a bad version of every of something out. Like if I have to write anything, like just trying to fart out like the quickest possible version, just so I have something on paper that I can then revise. I find that like an incredibly that that's maybe like obvious advice, but like I find that like super helpful. And like just having something that you can start like working like a document you can start working on as opposed to a blank page is like so much better. It's like so much easier and to do. So that I, you, no matter what I, I try to do some version of that. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds really helpful. Uh, and then I know obviously with comedy, bang, bang, you know, it's a, a sketch show. So everything's kind of different. Uh, so obviously compared to, to Solar Opposites, it's not really the same. It's, I don't know if style is the right word. It's not really the same idea or method mm -hmm. of writing. Is one of those more challenging than the other or are they just like different? They're, they're pretty different. This is Bang Bang and Solar, I think, are actually like pretty similar, in, at least from my point of view, in terms of like writing, where they're both shows where you can do anything. Like both episodes, both shows can end with like spaceships crashing into buildings. Like if it's funny on Bang Bang, we could do it. it like as long as like it could physically be done by the production, like that was the only thing. And even then, like they could do kind of some wacky special effects for something. Um, whereas like most shows, whereas there's a lot of shows, like if you work on Young Sheldon or the Goldbergs or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you probably can't have a spaceship crash into the building at the end of the episode. But on Solar and Bang Bang, those are shows where like, we can have like the most insane, like we can have the most insane plot twist happen. We can have Sigourney Weaver show up. We can have like, you know, a character like turn into like a baby, <laughs> like all kinds of things like that's I'm just trying to think of the wildest thing I could think of and I thought of a character turning into a baby. <laughs> um, so in a weird way they're like similar the tones are the tone or the tone is a little different and like the way we do jokes are different but I don't know I think they're, they're actually like pretty similar I think in my mind in terms of like writing uh, and trying to just be funny and be wacky and also make obscure references both shows are full like both the creators love references Ackerman and like Scott Ackerman and like Mike McMahon and Josh Parcell and Justin Roiland all love like really weird references to 90s things. <laughs> so you'll never go wrong putting that stuff in a script. Um, and I, I think that stuff's funny too, so enjoying it. Um, yeah, I don't know if one's a little bit more challenging. Uh, Solar is like more deep, you have to be like more deep, is like the scripts are longer, more detailed and you have a more kind of 
story you're following each episode. So I guess that's a little bit more challenging. Well, yeah. And then I know you, you mentioned that you guys just finished writing uh, a third season and obviously with in the past year, there's been, you know, COVID and everything. So have you guys been doing that virtually? Yeah, that was all virtual. COVID basically happened. So what, March of 2020, March of 2020, we were just finished. We were, we like our last episode, our last day of season two, we were in the office and we were like, this COVID thing's crazy. <laughs> and then I think like that was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And then I think the lockdown in LA started that Friday or, you know, they started shutting things down on Friday. Uh, so that was the end of season two. And then we, season three, then we all, we wrote entirely, the whole production moved virtually. Kind of the nice thing about, I'm sure the, the other people have been, maybe the other people you've interviewed have said this, like you can do animation totally with everyone at home. Like all the artists can work from home. The actors can record their voiceover, their voices from home, the editors and, even they, they can even do music, you know, all the musicians recording the score, you know, separately. And so we did that totally virtually. We were all on Zoom for season three, uh, which was not ideal, but not like, you know, I love being in a room with people and just like getting to be in a room with human beings and make each other laugh. But it, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it worked out pretty well. I kind of got more comfortable being on Zoom, like me and you are on Zoom right now. And all of us like talking about Kind of having the same kind of conversations we would have, you know, if we were all there in person. Um, uh, so it was a little challenging, but um, I don't know. I think uh, I think we all got like used to it. I hope we can all be back in the same room at some point. I think we will be. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, our hours were a lot shorter with on Zoom. I think because everyone gets exhausted um, sitting there looking uh, looking at a screen and all that all day. So yeah. that was kind of nice, but. No, no, I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I wanted to ask a bit more about like, um, I know I asked about your, your process a few minutes ago, but I kind of wanted to ask like, what kind of inspires you when you write? I know a lot of the people I've talked to take, they say they take a lot of inspiration from their real life. So like, how much does that influence? Like, whether it be like a, a whole plot idea or even just like the little throwaway jokes in an episode? Um, I mean, definitely like real life is like such a, you know, You'll get so many like great ideas just from like, I don't know, talking to my mom has given me so, talking to my mom and having a weird conversation with her has given me so many funny ideas over the years. Uh, so that's definitely like, um, that's definitely one. I, I also like, I'm still like a big mo like movie fan and I watch a lot of movies and I feel like I'm always like seeing things in movies and I'm like, oh, we could do something like this. Like, I, I feel like I get ideas from watching movies. Which maybe sounds like I'm stealing and maybe I am stealing, but like watching like a cool movie or like something interesting or even like a bad movie. And then like being like, oh, well, this like thing they did in that makes me think we could do this in like a comedy bang bang episode or we could do this in a solar episode. That's like, uh, you know, a take on that. And I, I don't know, that's something I've really found over the years, like movies and documentaries, especially like or like great if you're just like stuck for like having to come up with ideas like watch, watching something like that for me like always kind of like gets my like gets me like thinking gets me like wanting to like be creative um yeah yeah, yeah i think we should yeah I, every, every time i watch a movie now i think like how can this be a solar opposites episode <laughs> how can wonder woman 84 be a solar opposites episode yeah that's really cool uh i think that's a really like it's a really interesting way to to do it um I also wanted to ask about your experience acting, because I know you have a few credits 
doing some stuff. Mm, Has that yeah. ever been something that you've kind of wanted to expand on? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like, I, 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 I wish I could be a good actor. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm not very comfortable acting. I appeared on a couple episodes of Comedy Bang Bang. Um, and I've done like, uh, I think that's it. Well, I kind of had to do some acting back when I was doing like live comedy at the Albert Citizens Brigade Theater. I didn't, even then, like I didn't do much acting. I was, it was kind of a fortunate situation where like I got to meet actors and then I would write sketches and stuff and like really great performers would then perform them. Uh, but then I did get some stage time back then and got a little bit more comfortable doing that. Uh, it's like fun sometimes, but I get so nervous like acting. Like it is, it's, it's way too much like anxiety for me. And also I'm not good at it. <laughs> So it's like fun to do. It is like fun to do sometimes, but like it's way too much anxiety for me. I'd rather like be writing something or yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know if I'll ever act again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally get the feeling. Um, what would you kind of say to somebody that is, you know, maybe trying to break into the industry as, you know, a comedy writer? The thing I always say is like, um, what I, what I think the thing to do is, and what really helped for me was, you know, first of all, like, if you want to be a comedy writer, you have to like write stuff. You have to like get used to like writing stuff and like just write a lot. Like the more you write, like the better you'll get, the better you'll get at like kind of like figuring out your, like your own comedic voice and like how to express that on like the page so that like somebody that doesn't know you can like read a script that you wrote and be like, oh, this person's funny. Like, and that's like, that's a hard like hill for people to get over, you know, that takes like some practice to do so you have to be like you know comfortable writing a lot and just like doing that thing and then the other thing the kind of the more practical thing is figuring out a way to like make like those like to network and make those connections and that doesn't mean like i i, I hate i still cringe when i say that but like for my for me the thing that really helped was like finding like a group of people that were like interested in doing the same kind of things i want to do and for me that was like this theater in LA, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Like there I met like other people that were like interested in comedy and were like wanting to like, that I thought were funny and talented and were wanting to do the same kind of things. And then like working with them, like challenged me to be better. Like finding like some kind of group like that, it doesn't have to always be a, a theater group or it can be like a lot of different things. I mean, I think like the guys that worked at The Onion, that was that. I think like in LA, we also have this thing, Channel 101 that had like so many people like making video that was the Dan Harmon started that was like, people making videos together and like working. There's a lot of different versions of that. I think there's even like kind of like versions of that, like online and that like, I don't know, like basically finding a community for yourself and getting, trying to get involved with that. And like, once you find that, then that will kind of like help you. I don't know, you just like work with other people, you make friends because you, you people that have your similar interests. And then like that kind of will then lead to stuff in like kind of unexpected ways. You can't always like plan these things or know exactly your trajectory. But like, if you like meet people and like are working with things and people like you, then that will like lead to stuff. It'll take it'll almost always take a little bit longer than like you want it to, but I think it will. So I always like try to, I always like try to tell people, just like try to figure out like that community for yourself. A lot of times like people just have like a group of friends that all like making stuff and are all cool and good. And that's all you need. And that'll be, that'll like, you know, be all you need, but then, if you don't necessarily have that, then like figuring out like, well, wh what are other like communities I can kind of like, I don't know, be on, always being on the lookout for that. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really good advice. And it, it reminds me of something that um, Alec Sulkin told me, like when he first got hired in Family Guy, it was because 
it had gotten canceled. He was working on some, I think it was the pits. And mm-hmm. like Steph McFarland was still under contract with Fox. So they would assign him to like a different show. So like once a week he would show up and work on the pits and like him and, uh, you know, Alex Sulkin like became friends and then family guy came back and he got the job and now he's the showrunner. Yeah. So. That's really funny. I didn't know that story. Um, yeah. Um, and I bet they also, I think like also Sulkin's from like, aren't they both from Mass? They're both from like Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, so I know. Like, Alex is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Seth, I think I Seth is. Maybe I'm wrong, but like I don't know. I know like Sokan also has like a bunch of friends from like that area that are like comedy writers, like Wellesley and like some of those other guys. Like they have like, and then a lot of those guys all work on Family Guy together now, or work in like the McFarlane universe. So, yeah, yeah, John, uh, John Viner, who does the same thing on Family Guy. I think he, him, and Alex Sokan went to high school together. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. It's like funny, like how those like things kind of like, yeah, those people, those connections you make weird, weirdly at different times of your life, like kind of pay off later on. Yeah. And just in tr- well, in terms of friendship and also like getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then just kind of like to to wrap up, really, uh, do you have any like favorite memories or, or favorite moments that really stand out to you when you, when you kind of think back of your career so far? Um, hmm, good question. Well, like being a writer, like you're almost like never like in the thick of the action, you know? So most of my like favorite memories are like a funny thing happening, like in a writer's room or something like that, which aren't like things that were then like, and this result, and it's not necessarily stuff that then resulted in um, like something that went on television (laughs) that people enjoyed. Uh, good question. I don't know. Um, I, being at the Emmys, the night uh, we did the Emmys was like a very fun, exciting night because like we all, the staff was all day. It was like the six of us. Um, we were all like in tuxedos uh, and dresses and we were all like backstage, like on the main, like the stage, the show was happening. And then we were like off to the side on the stage, like sitting at like a card table with like a little TV on it. And like, watching him do the jokes that we'd like been working on and then like hearing the reactions right then. And then like Andy Sandberg like coming off and being like, that went great. That, okay, that well, that could, well, you know, they don't all have to work. <laughs> like that sort of thing was like super fun. And that like, it felt like a very like excited, that kind of felt like doing like live, like a live show, like back in like the theater days, but it was like, was obviously being broadcast on TV and then this like big audience with like all these like famous people. So that was really exciting. That was like a cool, like, fun that was a cool fun fun night yeah um, yeah it definitely sounds really really cool uh but listen i just want to say thanks i uh, really appreciate you taking the time to do this it was uh, a lot of fun oh sure thing hopefully uh, i didn't go on too long with my answers <laughs> <laughs> but thanks right yeah thanks for having me doing yeah absolutely huge thank you to joe for taking the time to come on and talk had a lot of fun talking to him always great to get an inside look at the television industry especially with a show as cool as Solar Opposites. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on Hulu. It's great. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to tune in next time to hear another brand new episode with an all-new guest. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. <laughs>